Project Excite Sessions, where innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship meet the brightest minds, leaders, and innovators in Colorado, our university ecosystem, and beyond. All right, welcome back to Project Excite Sessions, uh, where we talk to innovators and entrepreneurs from across Denver and Colorado and hear uh, all about what they're doing. I am Nina Sharma. I'm the Managing Director at Project Excite. I'm here with Elena Zuckerman. Hello, I am the Student Innovation Fellow with Project Excite. Awesome. And our special guest here today is Michael Kasten. He is the Executive Director of the Innovation Floor, but as we are just saying, that doesn't really encompass all that he does. Uh, welcome, Michael. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, well, cool. We really just want to hear about you, sort of who you are, what you do, what you're, what brought you to this point in time. Uh, we've got just about 20 minutes, so, you know, chat away. Just tell us about you. Sure. Um, well, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Started my first business when I was 12. What had, was that? Uh, we were called Three Musketeers, <laughs> and we had a business in... We were dog walking, basically anything a 12-year-old could do, uh, leaf raking, driveway shoveling, and I was certified babysitter, so I was babysitting as well. had uh, three contractors working under me, and we did pretty well. I started investing in the stock market when I was 12, wow. and I uh, was able to fund my second business in college, which was CNC Enterprises. And we had a variety of different things going on as well. We started off in aluminum recycling, and then we moved into a hair salon. So we had people, mainly college students, lined up on Thursdays and Mondays getting their hair cut. So you were cutting hair? Yes. That's amazing. The guys were easy. We'd have uh, my, my partner. He wasn't very good at cutting hair, <laughs> uh, but he could handle the buzz cuts. So. How did you learn to cut hair? I just did it. <laughs> just got in there and started doing it. That is awesome. <clears throat> well, I want to take a step back quickly. Where, um, what did you major in in college? Uh, psychology. So my first degree is in psychology. Awesome. Yes. CNC Enterprises after college started getting into real estate investing and then we, I decided to go back to school for something I was more passionate in, which was making things. So I went back to school for industrial design or product design. And in my first semester, started uh, my third business, which is Kamek Designs, which is still going today, 10 years later. Cool. And it's a product design, uh, graphic design, web design, packaging design, branding, and marketing firm. So we have clients that are independent inventors all up to Fortune 500 companies. And we do anything and everything for them. One of our biggest clients is Brewista, which is in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And we do their product development, we do their packaging, we created three of their websites, we handle a lot of their marketing as well. Awesome. And social media. So the last project we did, the Nutrimilk, which just hit the shelves uh, this month, is a prosumer uh, uh, nut milk maker. I guess it's hard to describe what it is. It uh, will create nut butter or milk from any number of different types of seeds. So it's the first kind on its mar on the market. It was a finalist for the Global Innovation Award at the International Housewares um, show uh, last uh, April. Cool. So we do a lot of things. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us a bit about um, sort of when you came to DU, why you came to DU, what you're doing here. 
Sure. Uh, so I was a tenured faculty member at Metropolitan State University of Denver teaching classes in industrial design for the pl- past five years. MSU has the only industrial design program in the state. Oh, wow. So it's a, there's only about 30 programs in the country. It's a very competitive field, and you have to be very talented to succeed in it. So there's only one in Colorado, actually in a 200-mile radius, and that's at MSU Denver. And one of the things I've been researching, um, we can talk about my research interests mm-hmm. as we go along, but one of the research interests I had was uh, experiential learning in terms of project-based learning and uh, areas specifically around making. Okay. So... I've been researching makerspaces for years, and the maker movement, uh, which was coined in 2006. And So what is the maker movement? Maker movement is, I guess you could say the advent of it is the 3D printer, the mm. consumer model desktop 3D printer. Once the patent ran out on 3D printing around 2006, you saw all these uh, different companies creating these 3D printers. MakerBot was one of the first ones, and now there's so many I can't even keep track of them all mm. because it's off-the-shelf componentry and anybody can do it now the patent's expired. So what the 3D printer did was lower the barrier to entry into making. So you don't have to go to school and get a professional degree in making like I had. You, anybody can make things. That's really cool. The uh, interface for 3D modeling software has become so simple and easy to use. So I have students that can get in there with no experience whatsoever and design a part in 10, 15 minutes and print it out and they actually have something tangible that they would never have been able to do before. So the maker movement is just allowing people to, to make things quickly and uh, with little experience. So it also lowers the cost for bigger entities yeah. like manufacturers and speed to market and rapid prototyping technology use. That's awesome. So I've been studying some of that. Uh, it's just one of my areas of research. And when I was down talking to uh, Dr. Bradley Davidson about another area of my research, which is biomechanics, mm-hmm. uh, biomechanics project I've been working on and offloading, uh, I was down here just talking to Bradley Davidson uh, in the human dynamics lab when it was in the Ritchie Center. And he mentioned to me briefly that we were going to have a new building, the Ritchie School of Engineering and Computer Science. So this was before the building opened. Yeah. And there was going to be a makerspace there. And they needed somebody that had a vision to help build it out. And then I said, well, I could, I could probably do that. <laughs> so I got a one-year leave of absence from my university just to come down and as a project, side project, just build it out, have some fun. And uh, I've enjoyed it so much that I decided to stay. That's awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. Yeah. <laughs> so what all do you do on um, on the innovation floor? What? And I know it's bigger than just a floor now, but why don't you share a little bit about what it is and how sure. students are using it, how your what your vision is for it? Yeah, it's an open access facility, so it's open to all students, faculty, and staff, free of charge. And we give you the basic tools or anybody coming in the basic tools and understanding on how to use the equipment, and then we let you have at it. So it's a real playground. It's a place for trial and error, uh, succeed and fail, and then succeed eventually. So experimental playground, I like to say on a basic level, um, but it also serves as an event space. So we hold a, lo- hold a lot of events there. This weekend we're holding uh, Chick Tech, and mm-hmm. we're going to have five different workshops, uh, two days long for high school girls learning about STEM field and making. We're specifically going to hold a two-day workshop on 3D printing. The following weekend, we're going to host a Global Game Jam, which is a 48-hour hackathon. So there's all these great things that are happening there that are just more than just making things. Mm-hmm. And we also host a number of student clubs, uh, Entrepreneurship Club, Dynamize, uh, DU Computer Science Club, DU Solar Car Club, uh, DU Game Society. A lot of different entities come in and use that space. So it's it's more than just a makerspace. 
and we've been able to find ways to use that space in so many creative uh, new venues. So let's see, what else do we do? We host event uh, workshops. So if you're interested in say, the most popular one is 3D printing and laser engraving. We've held 65 of those workshops since opening. No way. Yeah, about a year ago. We just held How them. How long are those workshops? They're an hour and 15 minutes. So we give you the basics on the, the background of 3D printing, the history of 3D printing, the different types of 3D printing and materials you can use in the innovation floor. We give you a demo on the uh, software and we run uh, print and just enough so that you could feel somewhat comfortable operating the equipment yourself. And we've been creating quick start guides for every piece of equipment. So the entire manual will boil down into a few pages that just allow you, we're just really trying to make it as simple and easy for people to get in there and use the equipment. And we're also working on new uh, videos. Cool. Short videos, three minutes max. Here's what the equipment does, here's how can you, you can use it. Can you run off a list of all the equipment you've got? Sure, uh, we have uh, 20 3D printers now. Wow. As of a couple days ago. And they range in size from a build platform of 5.3 inches cubed all the way up to the one we just got yesterday, I think is, I haven't looked at it specifically, <laughs> but maybe three foot by three foot by three foot. So a huge, uh, large volume 3D printer. Um, we have commercial sewing machine, serger. So we support a lot of uh, textile fabrication. We have equipment for composite fabrication. So vac bagging, uh, carbon fiber, fiberglass, or Kevlar, you can make a skateboard or a snowboard in there. Uh, we have equipment for casting, so silicone mold making and resin casting. We have an electronic station that we're building out right now. We currently have multimeter power source oscilloscope, electronics microscope, 3D scanners, but we're gonna be adding more equipment for elect- supporting electronics, uh, fabrication, PCB design. Then we have a CNC router, 20 inch by 18 inch. So that's a subtracted CNC. We have a vacuum thermoformer, obviously a laser I mentioned earlier, uh, numerous hand tools. We've got a screen printer and we're building out a wood, wood shop. So that should open in the next few weeks. And that is fully equipped with any traditional woodworking equipment you would find, including a four foot by eight foot CNC router. So that's uh, probably- so what gonna, does that do? That will cut wood, plastic, and aluminum in uh, two-dimensional and also three-dimensional form. Wow. So it's already been used by the theater department to create scenes for their latest play. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? The, the, um, the solar, was it the solar, the solar house? Solar show? decathlon. Solar decathlon. Yeah. They mm-hmm. used it for a few of their wall panels. Uh, that's officially before we, even officially opened. So it's already, People are excited about using that. Yeah. Um, I've used it in the past and some of my colleagues in creating molds for composite fabrication, like the hood of a car or a, a bumper. Wow. Or one of my colleagues built an entire car. Electric, That's crazy. Electric vehicle. Uh-huh. So how do people, I mean, hopefully this will help more people on campus find out about it, but I know you're located over in the engineering computer science school. Is it open to anyone? Um, and then other than workshops, are there classes or stuff that students or faculty or staff can take? Uh, it's open to anyone. Uh, at some point, we hope to continue to open it up to a broader audience, but right now students, faculty, and staff. And it's open from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. usually, Monday through Thursday, and we close at 6 p.m. Friday and also on Saturday and Sunday. But uh, really we want it to be as inviting as possible so you don't have to take a workshop to come in and use equipment. I currently have 28 work studies 
that work for me and somebody is usually there and they're partially trained wow <laughs> to assist you in your projects and they don't they're not going to do the work for you but they're going to help you as a team member figure out how to how best to um to accomplish what what your project is they don't want to steal the learning opportunities <laughs> from you um but yeah you don't have to attend a workshop to come in and use that for the woods lab you will you have to take a four-hour workshop and it will be constantly supervised facility I imagine the danger factor is a lot higher there than for 3d printing <laughs> a little bit right um but yeah to get engaged just come on in there are a lot of events we held in there as i mentioned earlier so it's a good idea to check our calendar which is uh, richieschool.edu slash innovation floor to see the calendar to see what's going on at any given time so me being a business student i can just walk in and make a snowboard you think in the on the innovation floor i think you could Could try. i might, I might have to give you a few <laughs> tips all right, I'll see you there then. <laughs> I'm into that. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, we do have a lot of business students. So as an interdisciplinary space, we have students from all over. My work studies are from all different majors as well. And we've helped facilitate the launch of around 12 businesses right now, student businesses. Mm-hmm. They're particularly in the prototyping or the physical um, realm in terms of business. And that's something we want to continue to support. It's not just for engineers. Yeah. So anybody who wants to come in and and make something. Plus the ambiance of the space is really innovation, innovative. So people like to just hang out there and eat their lunch. Yeah, often. that's really cool. So to talk a little bit about, you know, I know you've just come on board as a faculty innovation fellow with Excite. Yes. Uh, how do you see, how, how do you see the two working together? Yeah, I mean, obviously we are doing a lot of the same things. So we help support, Innovation Floor helps support student entrepreneurs. Uh, we have a lot of Excite students that come in and are prototyping, and I help give them some support in terms of how to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I teach. I'm also the faculty director for the Creativity and Entrepreneurship LLC. So I teach courses in product development and market feasibility, and and entrepreneurship and launching businesses and lean startup. So I'm a good resource for those students that are trying to take their concept to the next level. So I'd say I'm a pretty the innovation floor and myself and my students are a good resource for Excite, and we've helped Excite with some events and hosting workshops uh, around design thinking and other things. Yeah, I just recently came on the board with with um, as a faculty fellow. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to plug in there, but it's, it's exciting to be on on board. And I attended the first meeting, and there's there's a lot of opportunities to mm-hmm. engage. So. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Going back to your position with the LLC, what can you say to students, incoming students next year who might be listening that maybe have some interest in creativity and innovation but don't know for sure if that's what they want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel that program helps develop entrepreneurship spirit? Uh, yeah, we, we have a lot of exercises that we take students through in that program for introspection and to think about how they, they would fit into a bigger picture of of innovation and, cre- and entrepreneurship. Not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur in the traditional sense, but to have an entrepreneurial spirit is uh, is open for anyone and everyone to be always constantly learning, to be a lifelong learner, and to try new things, and to be able to to take risks and learn from those risks. Because if you're not willing to take a risk, you're not really going to to learn as, at your full potential. So, students coming into that LLC, we do. We do take them through some exercises and thinking about what their skill sets are, how they best learn, 
And that's one of my areas of research too, is learner-centered teaching and have students take uh, ownership of their own learning. And it can be a slightly different model coming into college from some people's, some students' traditional secondary um, education experience. So there's some transition. So the LOC is for freshman students fresh into college and they live together around a common interest. They live together in a dorm on a similar, on the same floor. And their common interests are hopefully around creativity and entrepreneurship. But um, awesome. they, they feel it out during that year. Right. And some of them go on to launch their own companies and some of them go on to find other passions. What would your advice be for any student who's curious about starting a company or who thinks they have an idea? Um, I'd recommend they plug in with Project Excite and go to some of the lunch and learn meetings that uh, you all are holding. And that way they can get a taste of what it's like. So Project Excite's really good at bringing in guest speakers with a variety of experience at different levels of entrepreneurship. And um, so they can come in and, and with no obligation or no commitment, they can get a taste of, of what it's like to be an entrepreneur by hearing someone else's story. Cool. Uh, we have just about a minute left or so. What any any closing thoughts, advice for students, plugs for the innovation floor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on down and see us anytime. We're uh, we're open. We're willing to help you with your projects, and uh, it's an exciting place, the innovation floor. There's so much you can get involved in, and there's so much interdisciplinary collaboration that's occurring there. So if you are a student from Anthropology, maybe not a traditional STEM field. Um, there are opportunities for you to engage. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Very cool. Thanks so much, Michael. We yeah. are psyched to have you on board. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Cool. Project Excite Sessions is recorded on the University of Denver campus and is produced with our partner, Tech Studios, at the Cable Center. To learn more about Project Excite and to listen to all of our episodes of Excite Sessions, visit projectexcite.org.